All right, guys, you're here with Josh Thompson. We're here for Punk's Opinion. We're going to do a quick little breakdown of some stuff. Maybe uh, we're going to talk first off, we're going to talk about the UFC uh, real quick. And there was a little bit of controversy, not so much controversy, but just people talking about it. And the buzz was about um, Jessica Andrade basically picking up Rose and slamming her on her head. And if that was an illegal blow or if it was like you're not allowed to pick people up and actually slam them on their head. Um, I don't know if you guys had follow if you guys follow Big John McCarthy, but if you guys follow him, he gave the full breakdown of exactly why that is legal, and the reason why it is legal. It's no different than I'm going to explain also later in like talking about the Chandler and Patricio fight um, about an illegal that people were talking about an illegal blow there as well. I'll explain to you guys. <clears throat> um, if somebody shoots a takedown right, and they they sh and they when on their double leg and their knee hits the ground, and the guy gets kneed in the face at the same time, you know that you, that's considered like an illegal blow. But the problem is, it's not really an illegal blow because it happened all in transition to in doing the move. As in this position here with her, Jessica Andrade picks her up, and Rose is trying to hit, I believe, like a kimura or you know the armbar position. I think it's a kimura. Tries to hit the kimura position, and when she does that. She has the option to let go of that submission attack and basically get back to her feet or not try to control that position anymore, which means that she held on to it all the way to the doom of being slammed. So that's really like the submission was really at her own doing or the, the knockout or the slam to the head on the head was to her own doing. So like Big John was saying, she had the option to let go of it. And the option there is that she didn't let go of it. So when she didn't let go of it, um, she put herself in danger by keeping that all the way to the point where she got slammed on her head. Um, th that's really what the rule comes down to. Look, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not picking sides either way. Um, I love watching Rose Namunas fight. I think obviously Rose was winning and dominating the fight up until that moment. Um, it's it's It has to do with the fact of whether... Whether we're going to see, I think a lot of the high, uh, talk and conversation right now is whether we're going to see Rose ever fight again. Uh, I think we will see her fight again. I don't know if she will continue to be the same Rose that we are seeing now at this level. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going on, I think, with her right now. And I don't know what it is, but I think she's kind of fallen into that little bit of Rory McDonald. I, I don't know if it's God or Jesus or just her faith or whatever it is. It's that people sometimes battle with the feeling that they are causing bodily damage and harm to somebody else. And even though they love the training aspect of it, they love the competition aspect of it, and they love doing this, their inner demons or their inner self tells them that they shouldn't be hurting somebody else or another human being. And, I mean, in a really weird way, I, I can understand where they're coming from, but when your name is Rose Thug... Nama Yunus, <laughs> you, you got some other issues also. Absolutely love watching her fight. I think she's an all-time, uh, I think she has the potential to be like an all-time great. And um, I'd like to see her fight again. Obviously, I'd love to see her fight again. And here's the other thing, though, is it kind of goes right back into that whole, like, Joanna can beat uh, Jessica Andrade. And now we have a carousel of the girls that are at the top. And I think it makes for a very interesting fight, man. I think it makes for very interesting uh, women's MMA. It's you, I feel like you always need like that kind of that third person to kind of mix everything up. Or you have two guys that are just nemesis. Like, like I've said, I don't know how many times about like Gilbert or myself. 
we are just two guys that we seem to bring the best out in each other. And I think that Joanna uh, brings out the best in Rose. And Jessica Andraz brings out the best in Joanna. Uh, so the two of them, or the three of them, all intermixed with each other definitely makes for an amazing... Um, for an amazing like little kind of uh, triangle, yeah, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. A triangle of each other, you know, a tr triangle of, of fighting and triangle of fights, and it just makes for, for, I think it makes for the promotion. It's definitely something that's good, especially for that weight class, that division. Uh, it definitely will bring a little bit more excitement, I think, to that division. The fact that they can all kind of intermix with each other and have good fights. Uh, the next thing is, <clears throat> I have never been. There's been no secret to me. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Anderson Silva. I have not been a big fan of Anderson Silva um, just since he's been caught cheating. Uh, I've made it very clear. I'm not usually I'm not fans of people that are have been caught cheating. Now, now it has nothing to do with being a fan. It just has to do. With, I just don't. I don't generally like kind of support their like the fact that there was a ton of things that were let let into him being considered to be one of the greatest of all time and all these other things and i just have always wondered like how how many times he has um how how long he's been fighting and how long how many of those fights and those wins has he cheated so those are things that have always been on my mind and i i think i wonder if we go back through a lot of his uh past drug tests with usada and if they would come up with anything that would catch them for cheating so I think about it all the time, and uh, I'm not sure if that's something you saw. It will do. I know they did that a little bit with T.J. Dillashaw, and that they had caught him cheating um, in some of his past fights. Uh, apparently, there was none of them that were in the Cody No Love uh, fights, but that there was some apparent cheating from before. I think that's why he got the full two-year suspension. But uh, just to be honest with you, look at this age and with the losses and everything that he is apparently accomplished and I don't know how much of it is he accomplished legitly but <clears throat> I, th I feel like at this stage just recently he was asking for a TRT exemption again and that it should be, be it should be allowed to be they should be allowed to use TRT again and I feel like it's almost like somebody doesn't know how to fight without it when somebody is basically bringing it up that they should allow it to happen again and you could tell that he was probably using it then um, for him to come out and say that he would like to have that exemption brought back. It's like going to rehab and saying, <clears throat> can I just get a, a drink tonight? Yeah, it's, I, you know, I don't know. And look, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm really, I really am not trying to slam him or talk bad about him. I just, I just feel like there's a ton of things that I, I, I just, I, I think there was just too many fights that he had had they were so dominating in his 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 height, his length, his reach, his speed, all those things. Obviously, he had all those intangibles, you know, probably before he was cheating. But there, here's the thing. You look at like guys like Lance Armstrong, and this is the number one thing that, that people will always refer to as far as cheating. Is in cycling, it's it's well known that pretty much everyone cheated, and Lance Armstrong just just so happened to be the best at the cheating aspect of it. That's why, that's why he had won so many Tour de France's. Like they were, he was just cheating against guys that didn't know how to cheat as well as him, and that's all it was, you know. And I think in the and maybe in the times that Anderson was cheating, sure, maybe some a lot of the other guys were cheating because they're still catching guys cheating now with Usada, 
And look, if those guys are getting caught cheating now with USADA, it means that they were cheating a long time ago when there wasn't as much probably uh, drug testing before. And I don't even know how much, and I've said this I don't know how many times, I sometimes feel like USADA's crooked, you know, because you don't hear about the drug test and the failing of the drug test until after the fight, until after the money's been made by the organization, until after someone has been knocked out by whatever fighter, and then, oh, all of a sudden, you know, uh, these guys are testing positive. So, um, you know, I, I think those those are the fights that I think that um, I feel like that, that there's so many different ways for me to look at it, and this is, I just, I don't, I think as somebody at his age, 44 years old, still trying to fight. Uh, obviously, it sounds like he tore his knee. And if he did tear his knee, I mean, he'll be out for at least a year. He'll be come back at like 45, maybe 46 years old. I, ju I just don't see it happening. And um, and if it if he does, I mean, are they gonna, is he going to stay on the USADA testing, you know, while he's trying to recuperate? So those are all things that I think are in, uh, we keep inside the wheelhouse and we see what happens, but I, this may be the last time we ever see him fight. And now here's the thing. And, and let's just be, let's be honest. I mean, do we put, do we put, are we in the baseball era of putting these guys with an asterisk next to their name in the home run derby? Like you have all these wins. I believe you have like most consecutive wins as a title defense or whatever. Do we put an asterisk next to a name? Like if you think so, just comment down below. Or just comment in the comment section and say, like, yes or no or what, whatever it is you think. But, I mean, like, it, I just I feel like there's there's an era of things that we should maybe put an asterisk next to these guys' names, you know? And um, I don't know. I, it's there's, there's a lot to be said about all this. And, uh, you know, as far as Anderson Silva goes, do I think – I almost feel like the same kind of way I feel about John Jones. They were guys that had all the intangibles. They had the speed, the length, the reach, the, you know, the obviously this this outstanding stand-up technique, and you know, not too bad on the ground. And John Jones had good wrestling. Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva had good wrestling takedown defense. You know, uh, not really good wrestling himself, but he had good defense, decent defense. I mean, like these guys, when you compare the two guys together, they're very much like almost like very similar in style. You know, I, John Jones obviously had a lot better wrestling uh, overall. And just a different, like, uh, he had a different repertoire of, like, things that he would throw out there. He was, a, he's the younger version. I think if Anderson Silva was the now version of a John Jones, I think they would be almost exactly alike. I mean, you'd see more of the spinning back up elbows and whatever. You know, all the things that John has gotten away with doing and trying to do. And he kind of set the precedent for coming out of the, doing, coming out the gates, trying to do things that we had never seen before. Very impressive. The athleticism is all there. But the fact that they've both been caught cheating, they've both been caught being, you know, and one being caught, you know, being just a dumbass with a bunch of other stuff. But the two of them, they had all the intangibles. And so when people say like, oh, well, you know, they'd still be champions if they didn't cheat. Well, how do you know? Like, how do you, you don't know that. And that's the only thing that concerns me is that you'll never know. You know, and that's the only thing that bothers me the most is that, yeah, they probably would have been champions. I'm just simply saying they probably both would have been champions. You know, maybe they wouldn't have been as champions as long or maybe they just, you know, whatever it is. But I mean, we'll never know. That's the issue. The issue and the concern is that we'll never know. So do we put an asterisk next to their name? I mean, I feel like we do. We should. And uh, I think there's other guys. I, guys like Jose Aldo have never tested positive. They've always they've always looked the part like maybe they were. 
you know, but then they, they fight like animals, man. Like, I mean, like Jose Aldo was a fucking warrior and I, I don't ever recall him testing positive. I love watching the guy fight. He, he has a fighting style that you could potentially say maybe would make him test positive. We've seen guys like that are extremely powerful, strong, athletic, and all these things, right? And they tend to kind of slow down and gas out, you know, in top-level fights. And uh, he's had a couple of those type of fights where he's fought guys that just had better push and, uh, and cardio than him because he throws everything with so much power. So that was, you could say, but he's never tested positive. He's never been that guy. And... um you know, and so I, you, I just, with guys like him, and there was a lot of rumors about GSP as well, but he never tested positive. So when you have GSP and you've got Jose Aldo and there's guys like that that have never tested positive, I'm not someone to like criticize them or just take away their, all the accolades they've done and can put them in the same, in the same uh, category as someone like John Jones and, and, uh, and Anderson Silva. And I'm sure I'm going to get crucified for this on you know, all over social media or all over YouTube. But it's like the bottom line is, is that you have guys like that that have never tested hot and that still have managed to be at the top, you know, and it, and, and it always just leaves the, the doubt and the wonder of what's going on. And that, that's all. And I, I'm, that's enough. That's, that's the most I'm going to probably talk on that. Um, What other fights were on that card? Uh, oh, Jose Aldo came out with the decision loss. I mean. Close fight, you know, but like, yeah. Uh, look, Aldo will be back. I don't think Anderson Silva will be back, you know, and uh, and that's it, man. Like, that's really the only fights that are kind of, you know, that we'll talk about. Um, I guess now, like, uh, we'll pull up Bellator. Pull up Bellator. Join the card? Yeah, let's pull up the card. So here's the card. It's Taiwan Claxton <clears throat> had, a, had a pretty dominant performance. I don't know if you guys saw the video, but it was freaking hilarious. He was, like, talking to 50 Cent as he's beating up James Bennett. And uh, James just has basically James like the guy that has like the one move. He has this go go choke, which he just he gets from Ben Rothwell, and like he just talks about how he can hit it from everywhere. He can do it from everywhere. But someone like Tyron Claston is just a smart fighter, you know, um, very athletic. has a, has a ton of athleticism to shine, and he, he he speaks very confident. And just when I when I talk with him during the week with the fighter meetings. He was just like, look, man, I trim with a lot of really good guys. And he's like, there's nothing this guy's going to do to me. And there's there's no way. He's like, I'm just going to I'm gonna dominate and control this position, every position of this fight. And that's, that's exactly what he did. I mean, he he is a buddy, new rising star um, in Bellator. What's great, I wish, I wish I don't know if they will, they'll show it on here, but um, on the highlights or whatever. What's great is his, his post-fight interview. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, it made me like crack up. Yeah, he was like, "Man, I was waiting for that motherfucker to quit. He never quit." Yeah, <laughs> I started cracking up. No, he's a young, you know, very smart guy too. Um, pretty much does all he does. Like he's he just does tons of coding, uh, like you know, program for apps, coding for apps and things like that. So, um, just sits there and he focuses mainly on tons of tons of coding. That's all he is doing and. To try to design and develop his own personal apps as well as like apps for other uh, companies as well. So when he's not training, basically he's coding, and when he's not uh, coding, he's training. So, and uh, I thought he looked at, I thought he looked very impressive. It was kind of the fight that he needed. <clears throat> um, it was the kind of the fight he needed. He needed a fight that would drag him into deep waters, and he just couldn't put the guy away. And he talks about how he couldn't put him away, and he talked about how. Um, <clears throat> 
how he had kind of a hard time, like, you know, finishing him, finally was able to get the stop, you know, and, uh, but man, he, he did, he did everything he could to show a dominant performance in that fight. And I was very impressed with him. I mean, he's, he's a young and up and coming kid. He's got the, you know, they call him Eric Claxton because, you know, he's had a high fly, uh, highlight reel, um, flying knee knockout, beautiful work, jump, where he jumped basically halfway across the cage, knocked the guy out. I mean, everything he does, he's nice, man. He's a good kid, nice kid. Like, tried to land the, the high and flying knee there. Couldn't get it right to the outside leg trip. I mean, he, he fights a very good fight. So, I'm very impressed with his dominant performance. And then uh, the next fight on the card was uh, Jake Hager. <laughs> Jack Swagger. And uh, maybe, Dave, you can give us the breakdown on the fight. Go ahead. <laughs> so... Jack Swagger, obviously, was having a tough time. He ran out, grabbed a steel chair, came back, <laughs> in, came back in. No, I, I actually really enjoyed it, man. Um, I'm surprised he's not talking more, like, prior to the fight and all that. He maybe, maybe wants to wait to prove himself. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I mean, like, you know, here's the thing, though. I'm very impressed with, he has, like, not only, like, all we did was talk about his wrestling. Everyone just kept talking to me about, like, his wrestling this, his wrestling that. And I'm like... Look, you got, sure, you're a big guy, you got decent wrestling, and he's not, let's just be honest, he's not fighting the best guys in the world, and we know that. But they're not, they're not out there like, like they were with CM Punk in the UFC, trying to throw him to the wolves, man. You know, and they're giving him guys that, like, we can try to build him on, let him get his feet wet. I do know that the level and step up in the competition of next fight will be a little bit more, you know, and, you know, they're trying to build him. I think at this age, though, too. You know, they're trying they're trying to make sure that <clears throat> he doesn't get hurt and they're just trying to make sure that you know, they're able to get good press and good media out of him because he's got a good he's got a good persona and he talks really well and he's got a, he does a really good job. And what I loved here is that he went from being like the crowd favorite to like being the heel. And being the heel was perfect for him. Like and he he soaked it up and soaked it all in and I think he did a good job doing it, man. Like let's be honest, this next couple of fights you know, we're going to try to get him, you know, try to get him some wins and, and, uh, we're going to see if the cream rises to the top. I mean, he's got the wrestling pedigree to back it up. Uh, you know, he was down some weight from his first fight and he's, he performed really well. He, he did what he was supposed to do and go out there and get the win. He did it in a dominant performance. What I want to tell you is this, is that I talked about this on the broadcast for Bellator. I said his jujitsu game's not too bad. He, you know, he's, he gets behind, he gets the hips in, like he's got, he rides the guy real well, like a wrestling ride, but you know, he sets up that side choke really well and he's, and he's pretty good in the Kimura, like he likes that Kimura slash like key lock kind of position, but that's relatively, that that's a relatively, uh, basic game for, for guys that are new in the sport, but his positioning is not bad, man. And I think, I think honestly, like his next fight and his next two fights will be a big step up in competition. More so than Kaiser and John, and TJ Jones, but those guys, I mean, like, let's they they went in there with an opportunity to be stars. They couldn't get it done, and now we're gonna move on to you know to the, his next two fights will be a big step in competition, and we'll see what happens. I, look, what I love is what he said afterwards. Like, you guys can boo me. I don't know what I I don't understand the phoner thing, but that was a little weird. Yeah, that was weird. I yeah, that he had a fucking bone. Like, uh, someone said it was like a, a like a fucking boner. That's what it meant. Like, uh, I don't know. Phoner is like, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess a fucking boner, I guess, is what it was meant to be. I don't know. Who knows? So I heard you on the broadcast defending his long choke at the end there. Yeah. Um, 
what advice do you have like in that scenario where he just he thought it was just the he thought it was the opponent just tapping <clears> him <throat> or trying to push him he didn't realize it was yeah i mean the guy could have been trying to hit him strike him but in in all honesty too you have to have more ring awareness than that like you're also the term of the fighter safety um yeah but do you think maybe that's the referee's job to to yell at him, yell, get off? No, or? I mean he probably was. I we I don't know if we heard it. I'm, I'm sure uh, Bel, uh, Beltran was the ref, and Beltran I think was trying to tell him to get off. I I I would imagine he was like, hey, he was probably yelling at him a little bit. But the other thing as well is, and and I'm just trying. I'm not trying to condone what he did. I'm just simply trying to say that you're talking about a guy who is um, he's new to the sport. He doesn't know the extent of um, you hold the submission and learning the learning the idea of like you hold it until the ref stops it, and you have to do that. You have to, and you at the highest level, like the last thing you want is to end up having somebody say, "I didn't tap," and the ref's like, "It just causes like confusion and all this other stuff." It's, and then 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 it's tainted. You could have been not like destroying the guy, which he was, and the guy like, and the ref doesn't stop it and he lets it go because he thinks the guy is tapping and when he doesn't he lets it go and then all of a sudden it's like this big i didn't tap i didn't do it and it's it's a weird thing you know it's like then it kind of taints what you know what the submission could have been or what it was and what happens if he loses that position and then he ends up um ends up getting knocked out if they get start back up on their feet or whatever it is you know he ends up getting knocked out it's like I guess I'd rather be safe than sorry, and in no way am I trying to condone it, but it does sound like I am. <laughs> it's um, it really just comes down to it's the it's the inexperience, you know. You have a guy who's never fought, you know. He's had two fights now. This is the second fight, and I and there was some miscommunication in the first fight, and so that's why he he gave his explanation on why he did what he did in the second fight, you know, because there was nothing that uh that his opponent did to make him want to hold that longer. It wasn't like he was a total asshole to him or anything like that. So uh, leading up to the fight, he was a really respectful kid, super nice kid, you know, all the way TJ around. TJ Jones? Yeah. He said TJ Jones was talking trash quite a lot. Oh, was did he? Did you see him at the weigh-ins? He was talking a lot about trash. Oh, was he? I yeah. didn't know that. I don't know that. Some trash, yeah. He was such a nice. I know he was just saying like, "Yeah, hey, I'm gonna touch him with my hands and touch his chin and this and that," but that's normal, man. It was, it was pretty minimal, but he was like, he was kind of trying to press his buttons a little bit. Oh, interesting. Just trying to soak up the experience, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see his walkout dance moves? That was awesome. They were good. That was awesome. The crowd went crazy for his song too. They fucking loved it. <laughs> they loved it. The crowd loves an underdog. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so the next fight is AJ McKee and Pat Curran. I mean, it, it really wasn't the fight that I expected, to be honest. And um, I thought Pat showed that he 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 didn't really take hardly any damage. I thought he looked really good. He did a lot better than I thought he would, given the <clears throat> given you know that he had been inactive for almost two years, like almost six hundred days or something like that, five hundred eighty something days. And uh, you know, I thought I thought Pat did a good job. I thought Pat. It was a good fight back for him. He fought composed. I do know in the fight, I mean, he was waiting for AJ McKee to overextend so he could slip and counter, you know, or you basically like cut an angle and counter. And AJ could feel that coming on. And he just realized that he's like, man, he's like, um, you know, he's, I felt like he knew, like, I knew that's what he was trying to do. And I couldn't, he's like, I didn't want to leave myself out of position and get countered and knocked out. He's like, you know, Curran's the guy that he's been able to do that. He's been able to come back and 
you know, and snap out of those, the, the jaws of defeat or whatever you'd say. Like, you know, he's come back in the last, you know, minute or two of fights and being able to get finishes against people. And, and AJ was just one of those guys. He's like, I don't want to end up in that position. So I feel like in the, uh, this was a good fight for AJ to get some rounds, get the experience that he needed. And, uh, you know, and it was a good fight for him. I mean, I think Pat knew, but here's the thing. Both these guys are going to be in that welterweight tournament. Or not welterweight, sorry, featherweight tournament. The featherweight tournament. So both those guys will be in the featherweight tournament. And they may potentially meet in the, in the featherweight tournament. I don't. They'll probably put them on the opposite end of the bracket, given the fact that they're both, they've already just fought. So they'll see if they'll meet in the finals. I could potentially see someone like Curran, you know, starting off against somebody like Patricio, you know, and uh, and then going from there. I mean, like, if you look at the welterweight tournament, what they did with, they went with Ed Ruth and Neiman Gracie in the first round. And it was almost as if, like, hey, you guys, like, we're going to give you guys a fight. And the you guys are both relatively new, inexperienced. And then the winner of that will get a chance to fight for the, the welterweight title against either the winner of Rory and Fitch, which just so happens to be Rory. But I just feel like right now, this tournament is... Um, it really is Douglas Lima's tournament to lose. He is nasty, man. Just and I'm not simply saying just because of the way he fought Michael Van and Page. I'm I'm just saying like he's nasty. I think I think what people need to understand is the reality of how close that fight was with him and Rory McDonald. That let him know that he's one of the best welterweights in the world, if not the best welterweight in the world, because. I think that, you know, everyone, every fighter wants to know, like, hey, how good am I? You know, so when somebody else comes from another organization that you've, ne you've never had to fight against or has beaten other guys in their top organization, they come over to your organization, and then you're right there with them. I think a lot of that fight was Douglas Lima was kind of doubting himself going into that fight, into that Rory fight. Not doubting himself, just it wasn't as confident as he is, like, walking into this, this uh, MVP fight. He was like, there's no way. No way this guy's beating me. Calm, composed, patient. I mean, it's his tournament to lose. This kid's nasty, man. Like the leg kicks he has, the power obviously in his hands. We saw the power and we saw the jiu-jitsu also too when he gets on top against Korshkov when he finished him. I mean, he he's good. He's calm, composed. And like he said, he just kind of had to wait and be patient and... He fought a very smart fight. And, I, and the one thing I'll give credit to with MVP is it. he said, look, the, I just I couldn't afford to make a mistake. In the whole fight, he's like, I couldn't afford to make the mistake. And, oh, man, just that one little leg kick and the power that he possessed. And he was out. He was out. He hit that calf kick. And I, and I had said in the, in the broadcast, too, I said, you know, in the Bellator broadcast uh, with Chael and Jay, I was like, those low-level calf kicks and those leg kicks are going to be a factor. And the reason why they're going to be a factor is because he has such a wide stance. When you have a wide stance like that, if you don't check kicks as you step in, you end up on your back like that, which I thought more or less like they're either going to hurt him a lot to the point where he's going to have to keep switching stance. It's going to, it's going to minimize how much mobility he uses as the fight goes on because it was a five-round fight. But in no way did I think he was going to sweep him off of his feet and then be able to finish him like that. But I thought also, too, if he did sweep him off his feet or he ended up having to, like, kick him and he couldn't stand anymore and pull guard, the last thing he wanted was he wanted Lima on top of him raining down punches. Because we saw with Paul Daly, Lima did a great, or uh, 
<clears throat> Paul uh, Paul Daly did a good job of when he got on top, you know, trying to get do some damage. So and Lima's just I think a different animal in that area altogether. And he showed that a little bit with Korshkov, like where he just kept weathering the storm with Korshkov with the takedowns, stuffing the takedowns, and able to keep trying to get back up. And as the fight went to the fourth and the fifth round, man, he was able just to he was able to get to his back and finish him. Lima's Lima's nasty good. I mean, there's just nothing that I don't I don't see a whole lot other than the fact that like he likes to sometimes not likes to, but he just doesn't use as much emphasis on trying to get up from the bottom as the fight goes on. So he, he fights at a slow pace in the fourth and the fifth round. And you see that pace start to happen when he fought Rory McDonald. He kind of slows down in that fourth and fifth round. And he got, you know, in that fifth round, he ended up getting taken down. When he got taken down, there was no attempt really to get back up to his feet. And he's, man, he's good. He's just so good. I mean, I, I'd put him right up there with a lot of the top guys in the world, if, if not the best. And it's it's crazy, man. You know, um, you know, it's it's nuts. He's good. He's so under under recognized, under appreciated. But geez, man, just good. It looks like he barely grazed him on the chin, but it was right on the button, and the MVP was out, just out. Hey, do you think uh, do you think that Bellator didn't prepare as well enough for a draw between no any fighters? No, that was the rules. Was it the rule from the Yeah, game? the the rule the, that was the rules. The rules are stated in in the the athletic commission in the rules. The rules are that if the champion is fighting and defending his title in a tournament situation, in case of a draw, the champion moves on. Mm. Yeah. Th those are the rules. Yeah, those you, are the rules. Do you think they'll let Fitch run it back with Rory or the <clears throat> champion who I doubt wins it. it. I doubt it. In my personal opinion. Do you think Rory do you think it was really a draw or do you think Fitch won? I thought I actually thought Fitch won. I thought Fitch won, but I, I, I here's the thing: is I thought Fitch won four, five, and six. Sorry, three, three, four, five. Sorry, four, five, and six. That was stupid. Sorry, three, four, and five. Um, but one judge had one or two judges had him winning the third, ten, eight, and I was like, that I, I didn't get that. I, I don't think any of those. I don't think any of the rounds were a ten, eight round from Rory or from Fitch. So I don't know. It was it was a really it was really it was a really weird night in scoring that night also too because we had, like later on in the in the post limbs or whatever they had two more draws. Oh really? Yeah, it was so it was like the judges were all off, man. So I don't know, which is strange because San Jose judging is not bad normally. You know, we're a fight town, so <clears throat> we're a hockey town. We're a fight town. We're it's like we 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 have a pretty good idea of you know how to judge fights here. You know, in the Bay Area. So it, it threw me. It threw me off when I saw you know later on we had you know two more two more draws and it was shit. So, but anyways, is it? Um, do you think it'll be Rory and Lima in the final, or do you think? Uh you know I don't know, man. Neiman Gracie, um, he's a dark horse. He's a dark horse in all this. No one thought. Everyone talks about like Ed Ruth, three time national champ for Penn State University, got taken down. I want to say three times by Neiman Gracie. You know, now, now, granted, Ed Ruth gassed out and got tired, but that's not the point. Point is, you still, even in a gassed out, tired Ed Ruth, he got taken down three times by a jiu-jitsu guy. Oof. Not to mention this. There's a stare down after the Roy fight between Neiman and Roy. Neiman is huge compared to Roy McDonald. Height-wise, looks like broad shoulder-wise, size-wise. Now, Fitch... Is not that much bigger than Roy, like maybe a little bit wider and stuff like that, but not actually height-wise and stuff. They're about the same. But look at that. 
Look at the size of those two guys. Neiman Gracie's probably a good, what, two inches taller? Maybe three? Now, listen, Neiman's also in shoes, so he's probably about two inches taller. But shoulder-wise, thickness, all that stuff. You got six foot versus 5'11", yeah, two yeah, inches. Two inches, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Neiman looks a lot bigger than him all the way around. And I think also, too, like with Neiman, like he's he's got all the... the He's got all the intangibles to do it. His, his stand-up's not that great, but it's it's okay. But what I do like about him is his takedowns are a lot of upper body takedowns. So he's, if he always had to do is punch his way into the clinch against uh, Rory, you know, and I think his jiu-jitsu is going to be way more superior than Rory's. Rory's jiu-jitsu is not bad, but Neiman's going to have a real jiu-jitsu game where Rory has an MMA version of a jiu-jitsu game. And people have that to understand. There's a big difference, man. Like you hit submissions or you hit sweeps in jujitsu to to like get up and not get punched. Like these guys, they methodically like good jujitsu guys methodically hit their sweeps and hit their submissions, and they they know how to lock you up and tie you up. Now they use a lot of energy doing it, so they tend to slow down as the fight goes on, especially in a five round fight. But Nemo will still be there, I think, in like the fourth and the third and the fourth, and maybe into the fifth. As the fight goes on, outside of like getting clipped and Roy just, and also too, Roy didn't look dominant or great against Fitch. And when you have somebody who's constantly just trying to take you down and constantly trying to push into that, I don't think Neiman's going to do what Fitch did where he just kept like shooting on the leg or hanging on the ankle and doing, but if I was him, I would take a page out of Fitch's book and maybe potentially do that because it's exhausting. You never get an opportunity to throw anything you want. Like, you want to throw a straight right, but then the guy shoots a takedown. You're like, shit. You want to throw a flying knee, and the guy punches you. You want to throw a kick. The guy catches the kick and tries to just shoot in on you. It's frustrating. Not only is it frustrating, but it's tiring. Because the guy's constantly just trying to grab your legs. The guy's, guy's constantly just trying to, like, tie you up, grab your arms, lock your, you know, lock to a body lock, clinch, hug, hold, hang on you. It's it's a lot of work. And people that don't understand the sport... It's 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 frustrating because it's not like in boxing where you just punch and then as soon as you guys touch each other, the refs like okay break break, and then you guys come back and start punching again. Okay, good break break. It's not like that. This is guys can if they can lock their hands on you and you can't get out, they'll just hold you there the whole damn time, especially on your feet. Refs aren't really breaking you guys these days, man. <clears throat> they're let, they're making you try to work out from that position, especially in a five round fight. If, you know if you're locked up quickly in the first two rounds, maybe even the third round, the refs not like okay okay guys break. It's pretty rare that happens. So um, I, I think I do think that Rory gets past Neiman. I think in no way does he beat Douglas Lima. If he fights, if he fights at, at the rate that he fought Fitch, no way, not a chance. I don't think he beats him. <clears throat> do you think Bellator's been pretty lucky with the Grand Prix as far as like, everything's staying intact? It's been pretty good, eh? Mm. The heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, though, too, when you have a million dollars on the line, as well as your fight purses that you're getting paid, and these guys are getting paid pretty well. Maybe it wasn't a million dollars, or was it? <clears throat> no, because 50 Cent came in after that, yeah. you know? So and then on top of it, too, the title was on the line, but not not every fight. Do, will they do that with the featherweight the same way, <clears throat> yes. do you think? Yes, 16-man? 16-man, yep. In a year, too, so all the fights are going to happen pretty fast. Yeah. Yep. So basically, you'll have cards where it's like basically the first round on the, the left side of the bracket. 
you know. Do you think the the Grand Prix are a good way to make divisions relevant? Like where? Yeah, what it is is a good way to kind of establish your ranking. That's good too, right? Yeah, it's Bellator a, doesn't have a ranking. No, we don't really have a ranking. Oh, this is what this is. <laughs> this kind of came up based on ranking. Um, so when we were at Bellator in San Jose, I was asking Sammy about who uh fighters that wear that are in the blue corner and the red corner and how it's based on ranking so how does bellator determine that mm -mm. and he said he doesn't think it's based on ranking but i it's think not. it is the mm. ufc is all the time though every time you see a ufc fight <coughs> the the, the no, lower ranked person is always blue yeah i think it's uh i think it's the other way around in this organization in bellator yeah chandler's red notice oh yeah, oh, but, yeah. Ch but chandler's chandler's titles on the line yeah, he's higher ranked. So, so, so you just so, said it'd be no, ranked. So the, so the champions, always, the higher ranks always red. That's what I just told you. It's different than the other one. You, no. you said UFC was blue. No, UFC's higher ranked is red. That's what I'm, No, that, you said blue. No, I said red. No, you didn't. Okay, well. We'll watch it. We'll play back. <laughs> okay, you said blue. We'll, we'll, but we'll I, that's why back. I said it's the other way around. <clears throat> Look, regardless though, um, <clears throat> I, I, don't think it, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's uh, it comes down to also too, like sometimes you'll have three or four guys in a corner that um, are from the same team or they train together and they kind of want to be in that same corner. So they kind of sometimes do that. But Bellator don't give a shit. Like right now, they don't care about that shit. Like that's not something they even give a crap about. But you don't think there's somebody that whose job it is to know that and to manage that? No, because right now, like they're still, I think, trying to establish their rankings. Mm -hmm. I think that's what the tournament system is doing right now. The tournament system for them right now is doing the rankings. And um, and honestly, like think about it, the, that um the MVP fight was I want to say it was like in Sports Center's top ten. Last week we had Raymond Daniels in Sports Center top ten. Like we had all like this this is crazy, man. Like the fights are producing what they were supposed to be producing. And the fact that Patricio fighting the way he was supposed to fight, coming there and knocks out Michael Chandler, who you know, obviously the bigger guy, you can didn't really realize that until until this uh until you see them square up face to face in the opening in the at the start of the fight you know and um i mean honestly <clears throat> this was just one of those fights I, i'm always i'm always in vote of the underdog I, I love watching underdogs action happen and and this type of stuff but man you, you couldn't be happier for 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 this guy to come in there and do what he wanted to do and basically to like to kind of redeem the family situation and i think it was great chandler's just stays done like he stands up he's a little wobbly you know and <clears throat> it, it is what it is and I, here's the thing i think i think uh, pitbull patricio also came out and said like hey you know if he's like no there will not be an automatic rematch no i will not fight him again and until if unless he fights my brother first <clears throat> so and and just let's to be honest P patricky is also Patricky is the the older brother and the one at fifty five, but Patricky is the one that sh pretty much is like next in line for a title shot. Anyways, just had wrist surgery because he hurt his wrist and his uh, his yeah his wrist and his thumb I think from the um, from his last fight in the UK against Ryan Scope. But he uh, he's realistically kind of next in line. He's beaten Benson. He's beat Ryan Scope. He's beat uh, who else did he beat? Uh, I want to say I can't remember who else he beat, but. No, but yeah, Patricky beat a bunch of guys. Beat myself. Beat Roger Huerta. That's who he beat. So he beat he beat me. Then he beat Benson. Then he beat Derek Campos. Then he beat Roger Huerta. Then he beat Ryan Scope. I mean, he's pretty much next in line, you know. But he he needs to, he need really needs a 
He needs a dominating performance, man. He needs a dominant performance against one person to get that title shot. And he hasn't he's had it knockouts. yet. He's got three knockouts in his last five. Yeah, but it's just not. He, I mean, like, Campos is a little bit of a smaller guy. He should be a, he should be fighting in a um, he should be fighting at forty five. That that fight should be at forty five. Then Roger Huerta. I mean, it was a tough fight for him. He came in. He said he had, he said he was like had a really upset stomach that fight, and so he was kind of like feeling sick. Like after especially halfway through the first round. So are you making excuses for all of his knockouts? No, 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 <laughs> no. Oh, the headbutt. Head no, no, the, no. The, I'm simply the whatever, no. He the, you know, he the, straight the up <laughs> he straight up beat Derek Campos, but Derek Campos is a smaller guy. He should be fighting at 45. So I'm not saying that at all. And Brian Scope. I mean, he just ha- I don't think he just didn't have a good performance, and it was a, a it was a split decision uh, win, which a lot of people had him losing the fight. And his fight with Benson Henderson was lackluster. Wasn't a great performance from either fighter, to be honest. But um. You know, look, he has all the intangibles to, to do it and, and be a dominant. But for somebody like this, for Patricio to come in here, do what he did, people thought that Be- that Chandler was going to have was gonna have the speed on Patricio. And I was like, dude, you have a guy who's 145. As the fight would have went on, <clears throat> as the fight would have went on, I, I would have probably given maybe the, the fight more favoring uh, Patricio. Except for like maybe in the fourth and fifth round. Like the second and third round, Chandler still has quite a bit there. And people were saying like it was an early stoppage. And if you go back and you watch it, no, it was not an early stoppage, man. It wasn't like he was covering his head. It wasn't like he was covering his ears. And this is another this is what? Well, here's the other thing. Is that I'm gonna talk about that punch. People were talking about how it was an illegal punch. It's not an illegal punch. If a guy is stepping in and throwing a punch, and the guy throws a punch and it hits him behind the ear. The other thing, though, too, is the actual punch landed and hit his ear. If any part of your glove touches the ear, it's not illegal. It's not an illegal punch. And the refs will tell you that. If your glove, any part of your glove, touches the ear, it's not an illegal punch. But... I, don't you See how he's not moving right there. Yeah, but look, he's he's six up right. unanswered shots. No, no, it's not six. So look, so he lands this one behind the ear, okay, right? One shot. This one misses. Misses that one. Right. This one misses. Misses. Kind of grazes, but go ahead. Misses. One, hit, two, hit, three, hit. four, five. Okay, okay. Gets. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm just simply saying. And here's the okay. People want to talk to and look. People want to talk to me about the the that shot there is not illegal. The one they dropped him because there's nothing you can do about that. Like that happens in fighting. Like the guy steps in, you get hit, you get clocked, hit behind the ear, you get hit on the temple, whatever it is. But part of the glove actually hit his ear, so it's not an illegal shot. So that's one. So two is is when he he's what happened? Oh, so when he when he covers up when he covers up. He doesn't actually cover up. He goes face down, and he he doesn't like cover. Put his hands behind his ears. He doesn't say anything. He, he's not he's not doing anything. And people want to blame the ref, but the problem is like it's not like he it's not like he moved. And this let me give you guys a for instance. I got dropped one time by uh, by uh, Hermes Franca in the third round of the fight, and I got dropped. And as I got dropped, I could see the ground. My eyes were wide open, and I'm falling towards the canvas. My eyes are wide open, and I'm like, okay, put your hands up, put your hands up. And my arms are not moving. It wasn't until my face bounced off the canvas that I wake up and, like, get back to my feet. 
and like not back to my feet, but then I start scrambling and was able to like kind of defend and like kind of like keep my hands in front of my face, all those things, right? It wasn't until that moment that that happened. So the canvas, when I banged my face off the canvas, that woke me up and everything was great. I just kept on fighting. The reality of it all is that Michael Chandler could have been out. His eyes could have been open. He just couldn't move because the shots that he was taking had stunned him and was like his body was paralyzed. It happens all the time, you guys. And let me give you, I'll give you another for instance. I got kicked in the head by, uh, in the neck by Eves Edwards. He kicked me in the neck and I was still awake. Boom. My body went limp. I hit the ground. And when I fell, I fell like sideways. I could still see Eves coming at me like to punch me. And when I see him coming at me, you would think I was out. I'm here looking at him right there. See, I try to recover and he hits me. He just taps me one more time and I'm out. Like, I don't remember anything after the first punch he hit me on the ground. I remember though that I was still awake when I hit the ground. I was still awake. Look at Rogan's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because I mean, I was dominating the fight up until that moment. And it was just like one of those, it was only like 20 seconds left in the, in the round. And just... It was just one of those things like, you know, I try to do too much in in the round, but I was definitely winning the fight up until that moment. So if you go back through it, when we're watching that, when I'm watching that, it sucks. But I'm saying that to go back to the conversation is, is I spin and when I start to spin and I hit the ground, I see him coming at me and I'm trying to like post my hands and get back up. But I never, I was never able to do that, but I was still there. I, I just couldn't move as fast as I needed to to get my hands in front. Now, the same thing could have happened to Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler, like, scrambled for a second, got back to all fours. But then he just could, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything. Like, he, he couldn't move. And then one of the shots hit him, hit him, and he woke him up. And that's the only thing I can think of. Realistically, he's, he's out. He turns. Because look at how his arm's right there. He's one shot. Look, at they're not moving. He's not moving at all. So, and with the ref, in the ref in that situation, you know, and Big John, even Big John's like, ah, it was kind of a little bit of an early stoppage. Could and, and, the, and what he means by an early stoppage is that you have to know who your fighters are. And your fighter is Michael Chandler and Patricio Pitbull. And so the fact is that you have a guy, both guys are champions. Both guys have fought through wars. Both guys have been through a lot. You know, and the, that, that's the simple fact of the matter is you got to let these guys fight. I could, I could agree with what uh, Big John said during that moment. But I do understand in live time, and I'm, I'm sitting here watching it in, in slow time, which makes it easier for me to sit here and, and, and be judgy, <laughs> you know. But the, the fact of the matter is in live time, un, you know, six, five, six unanswered blows without any covering his head, without covering his head, without turning his head, without trying to turn his face and ball up. It makes sense, man. It does make sense. Not moving. Like, he looked out there for that split second. You know? And for the ref, I, I understand why he jumped in. And, and I understand it's, it's a it's one of those fights you got to let go. But in, light, in real time, you know, it, it happens. Here's the other thing. When, when Chandler got back up, Patricio grazed him again. And he got dropped again. Even with the ref holding him up. So he wasn't all there again. I mean... We would have potentially seen a highlight real knockout had Patricio started get or Pitbull started getting back to his feet, or uh, Chandler got back to his feet because Patricio's he's he'll someone that just swarm you and hit you with big shots. 
So but who knows? Chandler might have been able to get the takedown. Chandler might have been able to, who knows? But I mean, I was very impressed with Patricio being the smaller guy, had a dominant performance. I thought he looked good. He was the one pressing the action. I mean, just nasty. So, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> fights like this are going to make this organization. And here's the thing. You can't take it away from him. He's not the one that stopped the fight. He's the one that was fighting. And I really, really am impressed with the fact that, like, he's now the most winningest fighter in Bellator history. Him, his brother, Chandler, and Lima, those four guys are, like, in, are the pillars of this organization. And they are... They, I mean, realistically, like they're just they're the guys that have, have helped build this promotion to what it is. You know, Scott has taken them to the Coker has taken them to the next level, uh, giving them these opportunities to do the things that have never been done before. And um, we're going to see Patricio in this in this tournament. And this is a huge win for him. And off of a win like this, though. Um, do you have a hangover? Do you have a hangover that none of these guys can beat you? And then you start overestimating yourself. You start you start thinking that you're unstoppable, and you have you know a crappy performance. Because let's not forget, Patricio has he's lost to Jeff Curran. Patricio has lost to Daniel Strauss. He's had those losses. He came back and re, and and had redemption for him. But he's had those losses to them. You know, he lost to Benson Henderson, but Ben's not fighting the tournament. But I'm simply saying these guys are in that tournament. You know what I mean? So he he's. He has sometimes a tendency to, to um, you know, show up and sometimes to not show up. His fights with Daniel Weichel, the first, the both fights, um, with Daniel Weichel, the first one, he was he was losing, you know, and then he came back and held. I don't want to say hell Mary, but Daniel Weichel overextended himself and 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 Patricio caught him with a beautiful combination and dropped him and knocked him out, and. Um, you know, then their second fight, Daniel Weichel, you know, lost a split decision. But I mean, the fight wasn't as close as as close as that though. Daniel Weichel just didn't show up for that fight. I watched that fight and I had Patricio. It was not it should have been a split decision. So I mean, it was just one of those fights. His fight with Emmanuel Sanchez was a good fight, but he he out, he he just did he did more damage in that fight. I mean, the bottom line is is that he can enter that tournament. He can come out victorious and win it. But it's a sixteen man tournament. He's gonna be fighting a lot of young guys who don't give a shit who he is. He's gonna fight at AJ McKee, you know. He's gonna um, he's gonna fight. He may end up having to fight at Aaron Pico, you know. He's gonna fight at Henry Corrales again, but a more seasoned Henry Corrales, you know, who's been training at the lab now, not someone who's been training in LA, you know. And and it's a he's a different fighter now. So these are these are all guys. These are all guys. There's tons of these good guys in this in this tournament that's coming up, and man, that's gonna be fucking great tournament, man. I think it's gonna be huge tournament. It's gonna catapult. I think this whole and then plus there's a ton of guys in the UK that people don't realize that are there. You know, you I believe James Gallagher is in it. I believe um, Brian Moore is in it. You've got you've got a ton of good guys that are going to be in this tournament, and the the UK guys are the dark horses, guys that never that they've never heard of, guys that you've never heard of, are the guys that <clears throat> are going to be the ones that are in the quarterfinals and the finals. You're like shit. Who are these guys? I don't even know anything about them. Those are the harder guys to fight because we've had enough time to fight all the other guys. You've had enough time to see all the other guys fight, you know, and like, like you have Justin Lawrence, you've got James Gallagher, you've got Nawad Lahat, you've got uh, Sam Cecilia, he's tough, um, Pedro uh, Cavallo, he's in there, uh, Chinzo Machida, I mean, she's man, you've got tons of these guys, these guys are, 
uh, who else? Who else is there? I can't see. Oh, you got Pico. Who else? You think Pico is going to be in it? Yeah. Archuleta. Yep. Juan Archuleta will for sure be in it. I know he just signed a, a long-term deal. Taiwan Claxton, he's in it. I mean, these are all guys in this tournament. So, I, uh, Saul Rogers is a beast, man. He's the guy that just fought in the UK and Birmingham. Um, he was he got in the finals of the Ultimate Fighter and then had visa problems, couldn't come back to def to to fight in the finals. So then Gaston, and then he's got uh, Gaston Bolanos. He's in it. And I don't think Nam Fam's fire. He's not fighting anymore. I don't know why he's on there. Yeah, you got Gaston Bolanos. This um, is not the real ranking. Yeah, yeah, this is not. But I mean, you've got these guys that I know that are in it, and so you've you've got a stacked you've got a stacked stack card. Dan Strauss is obviously in it. Pat Curran's obviously in it. So. You've got a lot of top guys that are going to potentially be in there. Juan Archuleta for sure is going to be in it. So all these guys are there, man. All these guys, AJ McKee. And uh, who knows, man. Maybe we'll see some – I'm sure that uh, uh, Campos will be in it because, we, you know, I had a long conversation with him after his loss over in the U.K. And he, and, and he was talking about the fact that he, he wanted to go back down to 45, and I think that's probably where he's going to be. And the same thing with uh, Pedro Carvalho. Carvalho, he's nasty good. He's the one that just beat Campos, but he looked phenomenal. Plus all the other UK, 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 UK guys that are going to be there that that they just signed. They just signed some, I want to say like 50 or 60 UK guys, you know, from, from over there. And they're all phenomenal, man. They're all phenomenal. And there's not a lot of footage on them. So these guys are going to have to be ready to fight guys that they maybe have never heard of. You know, and not a lot of recent fights to see and look up and check them out and see how it is. So, those are opportunities for guys like Patricio to lose, Curran to lose, Strauss to lose. These are all these guys. So, that being said, man, good stuff. A lot of good things for Bellator coming up. Uh, <clears throat> what do you think about Stipe and uh, DC being rematched? I think it's stupid, but, I mean, I understand why they're doing it, you know. DC's probably going to be done after this. I think there's a good chance he'll be done. There was a little bit of talk of how he wants that fight back at 205, but I, I just I don't think it's going to happen, man. <clears throat> after he fights this fight, <clears throat> after he fights this fight, and by the time he's get ready, he gets ready to fight, uh, if he was to try and fight John Jones again, he'd probably be closer to 41. You know, and it's just too hard. You know, he just turned 40. It's just too hard, man. What do you think about? So this is something I wanted to bring up to you. So I wasn't I wasn't bought in on your theory that the UFC doesn't care about about big fights anymore because they've got the ESPN thing. But now that now that they're not willing to pay Lesnar to come back and do the fight with DC, I'm kind of I'm kind of starting to see. Yeah, I feel I feel like um, man, it's so funny. It's this it's this <laughs> sport, and you just never get like you think I'm lying or you think I'm not right. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean he wouldn't do it? <clears throat> they're not gonna pay him separately. They don't care. They don't. They don't. They don't. Uh, once that deal happened with ESPN, there was there. They had. They don't care anymore. You know. <clears throat> horrible man. Yeah, I mean, and like, <clears throat> here's the thing: they have a ton of guys that they could fight and match up that make for great fights. What, what they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to basically build the roster that they have and make stars of the, out of the people they have. And stop. They're gonna probably stop trying to do the WWE shit with like guys like Brock or anybody else. And <clears throat> they don't need any of that. Cause remember how they brought in Kimbo? They don't need to do that. They had Brock. They don't need to do that. They don't. They don't care. They don't care anymore. Their last pay per view was seventy thousand. That, that was the the 
one before this one. That was the that was the Dustin Poirier Max Holloway oh, yeah. fight. Seventy thousand. Yeah, but that was on the new ESPN <clears throat> thing, right? That was there was a lot of issues and all this. Seventy thousand. Yeah, but we'll wait and see what last night's brought out or last the Saturday nights. Seventy fucking thousand. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. Uh, it hasn't been that since SEG owned it back in like ninety eight or some shit. Like, come on, man. You see, um, Brendan was talking about how. You know, Dana's essentially the face of the company now, and like, what do you mean now? He's been the face of the company forever. That's the thing. He he let Conor McGregor be the face for a while, and it kind of backfired on him. Now, now Conor's you know like playing cat and mouse with them. <clears throat> He's like, yeah, maybe I'll fight. Uh, maybe I won't. Uh, maybe I will. A little bit like Nate Diaz. Uh, maybe I'll fight. Maybe I won't. Like, there's a fight. Pay me the money. Like, I get it, man. I understand where I understand where Conor and Nate are all coming from, but. Yeah, they, they don't care anymore. They they don't need to. They don't need to pay these guys. Look, we're getting paid no matter what. Five hundred thousand pay per views, shit. And then and we're gonna <clears throat> and if we outpunt the coverage every once in a while, where it's like six seven hundred thousand pay per views, cool. But we're gonna do it with the guys we have. We're not gonna go out of our way to pay guys more. I don't think Connor's gonna come back now that, that whole deal came out. Maybe there's a separate deal that Connor's gonna work out with them. But I don't see any. I don't see anybody for him to fight. Who's he gonna fight? I mean, there's obviously the Khabib rematch that he That's wants. the stupidest fight ever for Nate him. Nate Trilogy. Yeah, I mean, Nate's already signed though to fight Pettis. Which I, I'm excited about that fight, though, to be yeah, honest. I was going to ask you. Yeah, the fight The fight that I wanted to see is I wanted to see Nate and Poye. I did want to see that one, and then that whole thing happened where they didn't fight. You see it's at 170, though? <laughs> yeah, I did. Stupid. For who? Uh, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's dumb for Pettis. Yeah. I feel like it's dumb for Pettis. I, I mean... I don't know. I, I think Pet, I think I've already kind of laid the groundwork on how to beat him, and so did Carlos Condit, and so did GSP on how to beat both both the Diaz brothers. And it's like they're both they're both good fighters. They're great for the sport. I love I love everything they do about it, you know. And so um, I love everything they do for the yeah, just the entertainment side of it all. I, I think they're I think they're wonderful for the sport. The overall the overall issue though is that. They, they don't fight enough. That's it. Like if they fought, if they fought, if they fought once a year, I'd be all like, "Fuck Diaz, brother." I'd be all Diaz, brothered out, you know. But, but they fight like once every three years or two years. Like shit, man. Like just. But I think in the UFC, in in the UFC's eyes, what you guys gotta understand is that they don't want to fight guys that are gonna like just try to wrestle fuck them. So stop trying to give them those guys. Give him fucking Dustin Poise. Notice how fast he signed that contract with Dustin Poise and said yes, he'd fight him. Now he's fighting another guy, another stand-up guy. You know, I mean, they want to fight stand-up guys. They want they want guys to fight. And why why deny them of that? Do you think the do you think there's a possibility that Nate wants to fight out his contract and be done with the UFC? Uh, I don't think so, man. I would imagine. I I, th- I believe for the Connor fights, he signed an extension. I think he's got like. Six more fights or some shit. You think he did? Yeah, I think he did. I think he signed an extension. I know he signed. I know he signed uh, an extension right before he fought for the title against Benson Henderson. And how many fights has he had since then? Since, since Benson, yeah, uh, you, Gray Maynard, Rafael dos Anjos, Michael Johnson, Connor, <clears throat> Connor. No, so he's had about six. I mean, maybe, maybe he needs one more. Fight. I don't know. I don't know how many fight. What the fights? How many fights he signed? But I knew they went for. I went. They went for a while where they were trying to sign guys to six and eight fight deals. 
Yeah, they tried signing me to an eight-fight deal. And I was like, no. Uh, no, I don't think so. I signed a four-fight deal. An eight-fight deal, man? Fuck, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, if you guys want to sign me an eight-fight deal, you got to pay me more money. Yeah. I was like, no way. Um, So there's two more fights that are announced. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy and Tony. Yep, great fight. And then, I don't uh, get it, though. He All he posts is champ shit only, and then he takes the cowboy fight. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. But a lot of things about Tony doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you can't keep hashtagging champ shit only and then not get shot at the title. But, I mean, look, I I don't. I wish he would have taken the fucking Dustin Poirier fight because it'd be, it'd be him. It, that fight would be good. Right? That he doesn't take that one, then he, takes then he turns one. around and takes this one because this one's harder. This one's a harder fight. Do you, do you think it's just to do with the division being tied up? Because now he knows Poi is for sure getting Khabib. Yeah. And then Khabib's probably getting... Where are they you know, fighting? Uh, June is actually his next month, so it's pretty quick. Um, wow. Yeah, because there was, there was talk about it being silly for Kuwait what you have. Um, such a quick turnaround from... That's... He does, he does it all the time. I know, but... I believe that's, he's... That's why I, he's I, always, like, teetering. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, I'd like to see that guy get a title shot. I thought they were they were talking about the potential of the Conor McGregor fight, but then that didn't happen. Yep. I'd like to see that fight too. Maybe if he beats Tony, he gets he gets a <clears> maybe he gets Poirier Connor or Khabib. Yeah, maybe he gets Connor. I don't know, man. I think I I think there's a good chance that Cowboy beats Connor. Do you think if Nate beats Pettis, um, they could they could put him up there for? Uh, Pettis is number eight, just as far as like uh, I, I, I don't think so, man. Pettis is nine on the uh, lightweights and he's eight on the uh, welterweights. That's so weird that he's ranked higher on the welterweights. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, and then it looks like your boy is finally gonna get his title shot. Frank Egg, uh, yeah, you get another shot at it again. Have him and, Ma- him and Max haven't fought yet. No, it fell through last time. Yeah, remember? it fell through twice. Yeah. Max got hurt one time, and then Frankie fought and lost to somebody. And then... <clears throat> That's right. And then Frankie has a win now over Cub Swanson. I mean, I don't know, man. It's interesting. It's, I'm excited to see all those things that happen. I'm serious. I'll be excited. Like, this is what I was trying to get at. They're going to have to start promoting the guys within their own company. Like they're going to have to start actually putting some money behind these guys because I, th- I think the Dana White show is coming to a close. I don't think anybody cares anymore about like Dana keeps talking and keeps doing, but no one gives a shit. Like now that they know that they're guaranteed a certain amount of money, maybe they can start putting some money into their fighters. Not so much as in paying them more, but like starting out promoting those fighters to, to be stars. I, I don't understand why they did that to Rose also. Rose goes down to fucking to, to Brazil and fights Jessica Andrade in Brazil in her like it's in her hometown also too I believe. I'm thinking to myself, fuck man, that's brutal. How are you gonna do that to her? Like she just beat basically the best women's fighter out there with Joanna. She beat her twice and she beat her convincingly. Ah, frustrating. I'm a huge Rose fan. Thug Rose. Yeah, I'm a DC fan also, but yeah. Anyways. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I don't. There's a lot of there's a lot of things I think going on that I just don't understand that they do. But you know, who knows? I th- I think right now is is a great time for Bellator, 
And I'm not just saying that because I work for the company. I'm just simply saying that there's a lot of things that the, the fights have been really good, dude. The fights, like our prelims for the fucking, uh, the, the Chicago show. I was like, holy shit. The prelim fights were good. Like all of them. We had like 10 of them or some shit. And I was like, wow, all these fights are pretty damn good. You know, and then with the huge upset, like Patricio beating up Chandler, the lightweight division being the champ champ, have then solidified the fact that he has the most wins ever in Bellator history. Um, And he's like one of the original guys, one of the pillars in the organization. I mean, it's pretty impressive, man. It's pretty impressive. So who knows? I think I think there's uh, Tony Ferguson has every chance of beating uh, Donald Cerrone. <clears throat> Uh, he can beat him on the feet. Cerrone, you know, he's been he's been known to get in trouble a little bit on the feet as well. Uh, sometimes he get hits. He gets hit quite a bit. Like if you go back to the Nate the Nate Diaz fight with him, you know, Nate was able to pick him apart with long jabs, long range punching, get in, get out. Uh, I don't know if Tony's gonna fight that way, but I think Tony has a better wrestling obviously than Nate Diaz. So if this fight goes to the ground, I mean, the thing is, people drastically underestimate uh Cowboy Cerrone's stand up or not stand up, but grappling. His grappling is fucking good. But he, he just got out hustled and not worked and everything in, in the Nate Diaz fight. You know, I know that was years ago. Cerrone's not even the same guy anymore. But Nate just Nate just put it to him. Like he was just hitting him with like two, three, four, five punch combinations. I was like, holy shit. And um Yeah. I mean, this was when when Cowboy was just trying to stand and bang with him when he should have been trying to kick him to the body, kick him to the head, things like that. You know, um, perhaps he just didn't want to get taken down. But that was one of the worst performances by Cowboy. Now we just have a different Cowboy. We also have, I think, a more focused Cowboy. Cowboy Cerrone now is somebody with a kid, somebody with life and family and all these other things, you know, uh, that there's more focus, I think. You know, he comes out here and he's trying to get his job. He's trying to get the job done. Not that he wasn't before, but he was, this was like the entertainment business. and was like... Like a young young guy that was just, oh, I'm just gonna have fun, fuck people up, and just you know, and just go out there and fight. The one you see now is the one that's like, hey, you know, I need to get this win. There's a little bit more goal focused, I think, oriented, and he he's still cowboy. There's no doubt about that. But but I mean, I think anyone he fights right now is they're gonna have their hands full. This this isn't this is not an easy fight by all means for Tony Ferguson. Interesting. So it's it's coming off what Tony's coming off of. I mean, you never know, man. T Tony, his he's he's a strange bird, strange bird. But the one that you can't take away from him, he's a fucking gamer, you know. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. The fight's gonna come to fruition here pretty soon. What in June? You said? Yeah. June thirtieth. Um, I can't think of any date. Good fight though. Good fight, man. I would have thought they would have put it like as the main co-main for the Dustin Poirier and and uh, Khabib fight. Nobody has a date. Like yeah, I thought they would have put it for the. Main card. Oh, here you go. Um, June when? Like June eighth. Oh, that's quick. Month. That's like yeah. <laughs> three weeks. It's, like, it's probably pretty Jeez. much. Jeez, who else is on that card? Uh, I love watching. Uh, I love watching Tuavasa fight, man. Bogoy, he's fighting our guy. Uh, one of the guys that trains at AKA with us. One of the Russians, Bogoy. And then who else on that card? Uh, you got Jeremy Rivera. Oh, yeah. Jeskai. Jeskai is on that card. Oh, yeah. That's right, Jeskai. Right. Yeah. God, I feel like we just. I feel like we had her on fucking forever ago. It I does, thought it was gonna it? be coming up so quick. Yeah. Wow. 
And then uh, Peter Yan and Rivera should be a great fight. That'll probably steal the show right there. That's going to be a great fight. Pretty good card. Yeah, pretty it's good not too card. bad. Pedro Munoz and uh, Aljuan Sterling, they should be good. Um, Alessa Grasso, she's tough. I like watching her fight. Young girl, too. I can't even pronounce the other, the other girl's name, but Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to try. Kolokwitski or whatever her name is, yeah. <laughs> That's totally wrong. I know it is. And then Ricardo Lamas, the guy that never got any respect his whole career because the UFC doesn't like him. <laughs> Angela Hill. I've always liked watching Angela Hill fight, too. She's a scrappy little girl. Damn. That's a pretty good card. Not too bad. Man, not too bad. What other cards do we have coming up? Um, Chil Sonnen's the next one for Bellator. Yeah, that's not till June. Yeah. Well, that's only next month. I know, but it's like a month away. And this weekend you got Kevin Lee and Dosanos. Who do you got? I think I think Dos I think Dosanos, man. I feel like his jujitsu and his wrestling will be. I think Dosanos is gonna be harder to take down than Kevin Lee thinks. That's one. And I think I think Kevin Lee will get some takedowns in the beginning, but I think Dosanos is just gonna just like, as the fight goes on, Dosanos is gonna keep fighting and keep fighting. And it's gonna be like fuck. And if Dosanos touches Kevin Lee's chin. Yeah. We're going to see him do the stanky leg. <laughs> like yeah. he did with Barboza. <laughs> Fuck, he did with Barboza. <laughs> Shit, so man. <clears throat> oh, man. Fuck. And then Neil Magny is one of those guys that's never supposed to win, but always does find a way to win. I like, you know? He's funny on Instagram. Do you follow him on Instagram? Uh, who? Neil Magny. No, I don't. He's really funny. Is he funny? He's like he's like Derek Lewis funny. No, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, he is. I got to follow him now just because you said that. I love Derek Lewis. I fucking go to Derek Lewis's page every day just to see what Derek <laughs> Lewis posted. If I missed it, I'm like, fuck, I want to scroll. I always like go to his page just to see if I missed something that he posted. That should be a good fight. Charles Oliveira and Nick Lentz should be a great fight. Uh, Aspen Ladd is... My girl from Sacramento. I hope she wins. Aspen Ladd. Remember she was supposed to fight Holly Holm and then Holly fell off? Yeah. She gonna fight that. that remember she's fighting the... Uh, the girl that took... Banks, the one that was all whiny and crying about how she didn't get the title shot against the Montoya girl or Montana girl. Because the UFC pulled it. It was fucked up. Oh, well. She, who the fuck was she? No one even know who she was until she started throwing a fit, whining and crying. Then she had a good dominant performance at that next fight. So... Uh-huh. She's five and two. You know, calm down. You didn't get a title shot. You didn't deserve one. Calm down. <laughs> calm down. We'll go. Who's the next fight? The fight there. Who's the next fight there? I'm just <laughs> spending too much time in fucking the UK. Yeah. Who's the next fight there? <laughs> Shit. Uh, I don't know these guys. Bro, I went to uh, I went to to Birmingham. I have no idea what the fuck they were saying. I was in Newcastle. I understood everyone just fine. Oh, really? And everyone's like, you can understand them in Newcastle? Like, no way. There's no way. I get, the, the accent's so much harder to understand. In New, I was like, in Birmingham, it's like this. It was horrible. It, it was like, it was really hard for me to understand what they were. I, I felt bad. A couple times I asked them, like, what would you say? And they would repeat it. I'm like. Was any of the staff? You know, you just, it was all. No, no, no. All the Beltor staff, none of them are from the UK. Well, two of them are. Uh. But like when they talk and you're all, you know when you don't get it the second time, you just ignore it. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, I got it, I got it, I get. Okay, okay. I thought you said, and they're like, yeah, I did say that. Like, oh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. All right, let me ask you this: <clears throat> Does BJ Penn retire? 
does he have to is a better question yeah he has to i mean i don't say like he's got the most consecutive losses now i want to say seven or eight it's my boy man i just I, he just i mean i understand why he's fighting i get it but for the sake of for the sake of a legacy like it's just no. hard to I, I think when you all look back no one's gonna care you're gonna look back in years and everyone's gonna be like eh, no one's gonna care yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Yeah, it sucks, man. It is what it is. What are you gonna do? And some of these fights, I mean, I just don't think he should have been. No, he shouldn't have lost this one. Yeah, he shouldn't have lost to De- Dennis Seaver. Probably shouldn't have lost these last. Shouldn't have lost to Ryan Hill. I can't understand why he lost to Clay. You know, he won the first round against Clay, which was, you know, I think a lot of people were like, ah, I guess he won the first round. He's also forty years old. Huh. Yeah, he's also forty. Yeah, what would it take? What would it take for Bellator to get you back in the cage? Would it no. take? Would it take a Benson Henderson fight? No, because you posted that recently, saying "run it back?" Question mark. Yeah, I was just asking. I want to know people's opinions. Okay. And then, yeah. uh, and then if uh, if Nate cleared his contract and come over, would that get you back in? There? No, <laughs> you, you know, um, just out of nostalgia, I think the fight that would get me back would be Gil. Oh really? Yeah, if we did it a fourth time. Be cool. I mean, like, and there's no hard feelings. I got nothing but respect for that guy. He's fucking an animal. I saw him at, uh, after after Bellator that night. I uh-huh. saw him. I saw him at the bar, and uh, I was talking to him a little bit. And he's like, he's he's like excited to come down and do do the show. So. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I can't wait to get him and his wife on. The two of them are great people, man. Like, I mean, I've known them for so long, you know, and just um, yeah, I just feel like it, you know, they they're just they're just good people, like. I think also too, like we've come such a long way in in the process of it all, and it's like, and I could tell that he he's kind of going through. I think a little bit of what I, like what I went through like right before, <clears throat> and it's just the it's just the feeling of like you like doing it, you love you know you love being part of you know you've been involved in the sport for so long, you know, and um, I don't know, man. I I've always enjoyed watching him fight. I've always enjoyed watching him fight. Cool kid, man. Cool. Cool, nice guy. Great family. Good people. You know, that goes for the other two. Uh, you know, Jake is one of my good buddies. Jake Shields. <clears throat> you know, and then, uh, you know, the Nate and Nick. I've never had I've never had problems with them, like, outside of the fact that I fought Nate. But I've never had problems with any of them. Gil and I were a little weird between fight two and three. And a little bit after fight three, we were a little weird because, <clears throat> you know, because I felt like I beat him in the fight, in the third fight. But whatever, man. And... <clears throat> He's, you know, he's 37. He's got a fight coming up. They're saying, I don't know who his opponent is yet, but I mean, from what I understand, he's fighting. Oh, there he is. Arnold Allen. I don't know who that is. Me neither. Let's take a look. I I think I'd like to see him get a, I'd like to see him get a win. He's had a tough go. You know, he fought Edson Barboza. He fought uh, <clears throat> Jeremy Stevens. I mean, he fought, he fought some tough guys, man. He's a tough kid. Tough guy. Tough guy. He's fighting a really young kid with a good record. Yeah, fourteen and one, fourteen and two. Fourteen and one. Fourteen and one. Yeah. Oh, he's a fight at one forty-five. That's right, at one forty-five. Yeah. I yeah, because I can tell you now, right now, I can tell you, like, I'll just tell him if we, if he, if him and I were to ever fight again, I'd be like, we're not cutting weight, dude. Whatever we weigh is what we weigh. <laughs> this is what we do. This is a is a catch weight. I'm not cutting weight for this fight. Let's just fight at whatever weight we're at. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason to. 
you know so and but that would be it and it would just be out it's just strictly out of nostalgia man and and no disrespect at all whatsoever i wouldn't even uh uh definitely no disrespect but think about it anthony pettis eddie alvarez he lost the title to pettis right yeah no he he lost the title defense to pettis was the champion oh okay okay yeah so tough fight man tough fights he's fought he's fought the who's who man tough guy (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that's it, huh? Yep. T-shirt news coming up soon. Keep yep. an eye. Keep yep. an eye for yep. T-shirt news because uh, hopefully we're gonna have an announcement there in, in less than a week. Yeah, this hopefully, week, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get together, guys. We're just I've been traveling so much, and these uh, these two knuckleheads can't make any decisions without me because they can barely tie their shoe and walk. Um, but yeah, sounds good, man. So look, hit the subscribe button. On YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those other ones. Hit the hit the subscribe button, man. Follow us. Let us know. Uh, let us know your comments and responses in the YouTube channel. And um, follow me at the Real Punk on IG, Snapchat. Don't even go to Snapchat anymore. I'm just gonna delete it. I don't even know. I don't even know what the passcode is anymore. I think I logged out of it one day and I just never went back. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know why I said that. Just hit me up on IG. That's it. And Twitter. IG and Twitter. At The Real Punk on IG and Twitter. Don't even bother with my Facebook, okay? Because I'm not adding any new people. So just don't even bother. Just go to YouTube. Hit the thumbs up. You hit the thumbs up. That shares our videos and lets people know that you, you liked our video. And that lets you know like who's in comment, whoever likes whatever videos you like and that kind of thing. That'll help get the word around. Just do us a favor, man. We're trying to spread the word. Get the, get the whole thing out there. And then podcast Dave, because I officially oh we officially today. changed your name podcast. You know what? it looks so clean now. Does it? When I read it, I'm like, oh who is that? Oh wait, that's podcast Dave. It's it looks so much better than David underscore Glasgow underscore UK some shit. I don't know <laughs> what it was, man. It was like some some ridiculous. Yep, podcast Dave. Podcast I, Dave I, I on get my followers up too. <coughs> yeah, how many followers you got? Eleven fifty. Wow, you got less than my gym. Fuck you. That's crazy. My gym has has got a lot. Well, you know, I was hoping that this podcast may help us, but obviously well, you don't. Nobody, you, nobody obviously don't you, you obviously don't post enough. Ass. You obviously don't post enough. Mm, we'll it's see. funny. I post stuff, and my stuff go, jumps up by hundreds every time I post something. <laughs> but you're also on TV once a week. Yeah, you know. So I work hard. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in, Punk's Opinion. Uh, Hit the subscribe buttons on the YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter, all those things, okay? See you guys next week.